Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 417. Oh, you beat me to it, you son of a bitch. I'm so good at this. Am I on this episode? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are on this episode. Which one is it? It's Tom Hanks. No, I'm not on this episode. Tom Hanks Returns. I was not there. You were not there. No. Mm, Awkward. Guys, I'm sure this episode's going to be okay. (laughs) Well, now you're on it. How about that? Now you're on it. Okay. You just weren't in it when Tom Hanks was there. Actually, you know what? I was there. I was just so nervous. I didn't say (laughs) anything. You didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. Um, How was Tom's return? Fantastic. Yeah. He's the best. Did, did he miss me? Um, I listen somewhere in his heart. Yeah, he probably missed you. But the thing, the thing is that uh, you know, Joan and I were a little nervous because when we did the first Tom Hanks episode, I sort of feel like fuck, we covered it. Like we we really like that. Was... Yeah, you covered his thirty year career in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm not nothing, saying that. There's nothing else to talk All to right, Tom Hanks okay. about. All right, Matt. Yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> the... think if I was there, it would have been a better episode. You be the judge. Up next, there it is. Four seventeen. Tom Hanks. Wait, what about the sponsorship? Oh, who's our sponsor? <laughs> oh, you're so excited. <laughs> Look at this little monkey face. He's so excited. He's so cute. I love sponsors. Look at this little monkey. I love sponsors. This little monkey. This little monkey loves Squarespace. Oh, do I ever. Yeah. How much percent off are we getting on Squarespace if we use the code NERDIST? It's a free trial and 20% off Boom. using the offer code NERDIST10. NERDIST10, It changes guys. every time. So yeah. the code like ben is 10, NERDIST10, but, 10, but you're getting 20% Squarespace. off. Squarespace.com. Guys, let's talk about this. Squarespace, let's fix that, all right? I want it to be NERDIST20, but it's not. It's NERDIST10. <laughs> it's NERDIST10. Uh, it's Squarespace, if you want to build a website, blog... Oh, I know all about it. Squarespace (laughs) is great. I listen to How Did This Get Made. (laughs) Would you stop pimping other podcasts? I'm just saying, if maybe you want to listen to somebody talk about how crappy a movie might be, you go over to How Did This Get Made. You have a good time. Jason Matsukas, delightful. He's not on Twitter. He refuses to join Twitter, but I find him enjoyable. So if they were building a website... Oh, if... If the guys over there were building a website, they would use Squarespace.com. Of course they would use Squarespace. That's called bringing it around. Starts at just $8 a month, includes a free domain if you sign up uh, for a year. They have an amazing support team that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience, so you don't have to worry about porting your site over to mobile versus uh, versus the desktop. It's it's seamless. Yeah. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code NERDIST10. Get 20% off to show your support for the Nerdist podcast, and then build your fantastic quality website uh, or blog. That's squarespace.com. Use Squarespace. the offer code NERDIST10. Oh. Tom Hanks is up next. I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry that you weren't there for ta- uh, Matt. Matt Myra is writing on my uh, At Midnight show, 
And beautifully, I might add. Yeah, uh, the rehearsals and the run-throughs have been really great. So, so he sacrificed the Tom Hanks episode to help me further my career, yeah. um, which was very kind of him. Uh, at midnight premieres October twenty-first. Like yeah, I mean, it's only fair. You helped me get a career. So. Well, yeah, but you listen. I may have provided an opportunity, but if you weren't funny and smart it. and talented, I then you wouldn't it. be up doing other things. So. Yeah. You know, it's it's you you earned everything you have, Matt Myra. Where's Jonah? <laughs> Sick. He texted me yeah, this I morning. I know, poor guy. My his, his throat's all shredded. He probably picked it up in Phoenix. Oh, maybe traveling. Yeah, and a bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think it would kill all the germs. Wait, you'd think the germs couldn't survive in Jonah's bloodstream. Uh, but here we go. Oh, by the way, Captain Phillips is uh, Tom Hanks's movie, which we saw, and it was fantastic. Of course, it was. You know why it was fantastic? Tom Hanks and a New England accent. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> Captain Phillips, it is actually based on a true story, not in the way that Hollywood tries to uh, loosely say that things are based on true story. It is actually based on a true story. Yeah, it's like an episode of Law & Order, ripped from the headlines. There's no Lenny. Oh, there's no Lenny anymore at all. Let me ask you about the Navy SEALs in the movie. Yep. Do they do cool stuff? Of course they do cool stuff. Awesome. The military looks awesome in Captain Phillips. Uh, and Tom's great, and we had a great time sitting down chat with him again. And uh, here you go. Captain Phillips opens October 11th. Here's the Nerdist Podcast number 417. Tom Hanks returns! Do we, does the theme song play now? Or did it already play? No, it's about to play. Oh. Have you yeah. never listened to a podcast? episodes. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I'm glad I, you weren't there. I was I was there. Why would I listen? Maybe I'll listen to this one because I wasn't there. <laughs> now you'll just listen to yourself do the intro. Enjoy the 50-minute intro. <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com. Plenty nor, of that myself. Nor do, it, nor do I want to be like the guy who is on the TV show too often. No, 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 no. Listen. Oh, here's another mercy booking. Wait a minute, though. Tell me that <laughs> that's bad. You can't tell me that every time Burt Reynolds came on the Tonight Show with Dom DeLuise and they hit each other in the nuts with pies that it wasn't the greatest thing you ever saw. Well, but look, that was there were only three channels, there were only three networks, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so, but by the way. That was the coolest. You probably don't even remember when I was a much younger kid and Johnny Carson was still in New York, he would come out to L.A. for just like two weeks in the summertime, and that's when all hell would bust loose. I mean, that was like, oh, we got to, you know, I'll be up watching Johnny. And, I, and it was uh, 90 minutes long, by the oh. way. He did, an extra, he did an extra half hour. So it was just like a weird attention spans? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I'm oh, sorry, I checked out. They would have a he they called it the book slot cuz the last guest was always somebody who wrote a book and Johnny would talk to somebody. Oh, so you wrote this book and oh yes. It was very interesting, Johnny. It's very interesting. But when he would come out and that's when you like get George Gobel on and like Dean Martin because, you know. And then you go back to New York and be a regular show. You must have done the show, bud. I did it um I'm going to tell you. I think I did it I only think I did it twice with uh, with uh, with Mr. Carson. I did it once with um, what's the name? Big. Probably you had to go on for Big, right? 
That was huge. No, the first time I did it was actually on Bosom Buddies. Oh, my God. Which was huge. (laughs) (laughs) It was like all of it, like everybody on the show, like Peter was like, oh, my God, Peter Scalari. Of course. It was like a big, big deal. And I was on the night before... we shot the show. It was on a Thursday night after camera. We went after we did a bunch of camera blocking, and then the next day we shot the show. And it was like I was still like, I was on the Tonight Show. Was Johnny nice to you, or was he the, sort of that weird no, sociopath very, that no, everyone just okay? He was good. very nice to me. Very nice to me. Yeah, you know, he he always wanted his show to be funny, and I think the only time you know, if you were out trying to be funny. You know, he was on your side. But it was weird to be that moment where I'm shaking hands with Ed McMahon, and I thought, I'm shaking hands with Ed McMahon. Then you sat down in that chair, and you saw Johnny Carson from an angle you had never seen him before. Oh, the side of his face! You saw the other side of Johnny's face. And it's weird, he didn't look like Johnny Carson. He looked like some guy, you know, that, you know, you, you... the, the part was on the other side of his head or something like that. You know, it was it was man, that was that was that's a high country. Someone uh, should do. I feel like there's a movie because I feel like there was a whole. They allude to it the PBS special they did about Johnny Carson, which was yeah. great. But it's just there. I, there clearly was a dark side to that guy. Well, how could not be? You know, consumed much like you, consumed by a show. Yes. You know, the and, and the the power and the and the pressure of it. But also, I think the the place he held in the zeitgeist. Nobody holds that sway. There's nobody who is in some brand of like social media in which the entire country talks about what they saw in Johnny Carson last night. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't exist anymore. It was really that there was there was a standard thing. Did you did you hear Johnny's? You hear the monologue last night? That's yeah. what you just say. Did you see the monologue last night? And if you did, you remember the good jokes, man. Yeah. This is amazing that you're doing this. Are these these press days must be like? How do you how do you function at the end of the day? All right, dude. I'm going to tell you. I have fought tooth and nail to have a human face on this because when it is truly gruesome, it, it's it you 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 it it, it robs you of the soul. <laughs> You, it, you, uh, I, 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 it, because usually it's like you do the classic press junket where you will sit down and do sit, you will do forty seven six minute television interviews in a row, mm-hmm. and that is that is back breaking and it is brutal. And then you'll do you'll do nine round robin, round robin you know tables of, of people screaming questions at you. That is that's just brutal. So I I I, I have fought in order to. It's a long day, yeah. but it's not merciless. Oh, know? that's good. I guess when you get to a And you have point. rewards, like the Nerdist podcast. <laughs> yes, we're a delicious mint in the middle of the day. In which there's no performance. It's just sitting around <laughs> talking about life. Well, your, your pod... Your Hold on while I open up this cold beer. I'm going to sip on my cold beer. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Tom Hanks is shirtless and he's on the balcony. He's screaming at people. <laughs> hey, breast checking babies. <laughs> you just start answering questions like it's the sequel for Bachelor Party. You're like, no, 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 it's Captain. Oh, they, oh they, 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 now whenever you do this. You have to go through a whole phase about answering questions about every other movie you have ever made. 
That's all you know. When you did, did you ever think when you yeah. did turn hoots that you'd be doing this thing? Yes, I foresaw this exact moment. As a matter of fact, I have. I've had powers of clairvoyance since the yeah. age of five. It's what kept me going through Turner now, and Hoot. Look, exactly if you right. had the energy and you wanted to have fun, you could actually make a bunch of charts like at Kinko's. Oh, I've done. Oh, and when someone answers that, asks you that question, you go, "Well, look here. I've ma- yeah. I mapped it all out. I ha- I'm going to Europe." And I have a yellow and a red card in my in my. You got to go to a soccer, you know, the football yeah. club. And I, so I have a yellow and a red card in my breast pocket. And if I don't like the question, I'm going to give. <laughs> I'm going to paint the journalist with a yellow card. And so that means if I pull out another yellow card, that means it's a red card, and the interview is done. So you got to do anything to entertain yourself, and also to so enforce yourself and pose rules. Well, people, the, the episode of the podcast that you came on, like, not only was it an enormous episode for us, but it, it resonated to the point where months after the podcast, people were coming up to me and going, don't touch them. Like, they were still <laughs> coming up to me. Willie Mays. They were coming up to me. Willie Mays. Yeah. yeah. Remember, it blasted caps. The blasted, blasted caps. caps. Yeah. I mean, for months people were saying that. <laughs> Don't touch. And me. then I felt, well, you guys, your your staff was so quick. You pull it up on the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. But but then the other thing was that um, uh, I I felt bad because the uh, we told every I just kind of put the letter that you sent up about the typewriter that oh, we yeah, sent yeah. you, and that blew up. And and then I was like, oh my god, poor Tom Hanks is going to get like. A million typewriters and people asking him to do you know, stuff. Uh, normally, I would, but the, you know, it's an, it, they're expensive to ship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I find that that forty-five dollars shipping expense <laughs> takes away everybody's brilliant. Let's send so it's a typewriter. It's how much? Oh, it's, oh no, 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 a bunch no, of no, people no, no. at the post office going, "How's that? What's that?" <laughs> what's that? <laughs> no, no, I just I'll turn this back to the out of the back. closet. <laughs> <laughs> I will use it in order to build an additional room. (laughs) Typewriters and old old tires are actually very environmentally safe. Yeah, it's a habitual for squirrels. You know, people, you make fun of it now, but after the apocalypse... I was worried I talked way too fast. No, it was... Well, see, when someone's... the, The joy of having someone like you on is that when... A lot of times when people haven't done a podcast before, there's a good eight to ten minutes of them trying to figure out what we're doing and... We have to kind of get their defenses down so they know that we're not a radio show and we, they know oh, yeah. that they're safe and we're not going to make fun of them and we're not going to be dicks. Uh-huh. And then once they kind of see like, oh, it's just a conversation, then they're cool. But like right out of the gate, you were in and that made it that made it fun for us and it totally took the pressure off. Hey, man, this, this beats talking to reporters. <laughs> it really does, man. What, is the, what has been the, the common question lately? They're, I'm going to tell you, it's always the same. And it doesn't matter what movie you're doing, it doesn't matter who it is. What was the biggest challenge of making this film? Water. <laughs> uh, out of all your films, which one is most like you? <laughs> which that, one are you most... There is, and this is a classic, but this is what I love more than anything else. And for some reason, it's, it's almost always somebody from Australia who starts off the interview, usually on camera like this. So... Captain Phillips. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way. That's the way it begins. That's that gotcha journalism I've been that hearing is, about. That is. And then you're like, so am I, I, am I go, supposed to? No, I've learned not to entertain myself and just give him a nod, <laughs> and then force him to ask the next completely generic question. What was it about this film that uh, made you want to make do the movie? <laughs> and I always say, well, I I am a professional actor, and this is what I actually seek to do. Yeah, then it then it's all downhill. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The other two, this is the other one. Um, this film is about uh, heroes. When in your own life have you been a hero? 
God. Everything sounds like a like a seventh grade book report. It is. Yeah. It's you know what I saw these uh, the old Edward R. Murrow uh, a person of persons from the 1950s, and there he was probably hating this gig Edward R. Murrow did, and he's interviewing they 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 put cameras in Marlon Brando's house. Right after he, not long after he'd won the Academy Award for On the Waterfront. And can you imagine 1950s technology, how they even were able to light his house and get trucks and cables and cameras there. And so there's Edward R. Murrow in a studio smoking a cigarette. And there's Marlon Brando playing the bongo drums. And even Edward R. Murrow said, what is your most challenging role, Marlon? What was it about your latest film that attracted you to it? Even even he, even even the great Edward R. Murrow was asking. Yeah. Well, like, the generic if you're going to be an entertainment questions. journalist, here's the questions you're going to ask forever. I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't know what I would. I'm trying to think. Like, what would I do differently? And I think we have the benefit of we can talk for an hour, so the conversation can have ebbs and flows, and it can be very, you know, like we're just hanging out. But if you have like, if you can only ask someone six questions, and I go, well, okay. Are you supposed to ask the most obvious ones? Like, if, if someone comes in with six yeah. ridiculously weird questions and they're trying to be different, are you kind of like, all right, can you just go back to the normal no, questions? I often know. Oh, no, I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, congratulations, you have just asked a question I have never been asked. Do any you, of your characters enjoy artichokes? I am lifting you up to the pantheon. <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> interviews I remember. Don't you think, with, act, don't you think with, like, with, with acting classes... There should be like a side class where they teach you how to do all the shit that is not related. How much time do you think well, you actually? You would start with uh, looping or automated dialogue <laughs> replacement. You would start that because the first time you have to do that, why? How come I'm here? You have to match your mouth. This is the problem: is that the people who usually interview movie makers do not know how movies are made. I mean, imagine if no one knew how. What? What is this? Uh, uh, is it hard to set up these microphones? And what do these cables mean? If you don't, if they don't know what the process is, they're operating on like the time that Joe Namath was on the Brady Bunch, and that's what it's that's what it's like to meet a football player. Well, you just call him up, and he shows up in his New York Jets uniform. They, that they're supposed to wear those all yeah, the time. That you just think it's like this this cartoon version of what it's like to make a movie. And so they ask questions like, when your agent first sent you, when your agent told you you were making this movie, uh, what what went through your head? Uh, My agent told me I was making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all the it's all that and like the second unit stuff. Like even like the first scene of Captain Phillips, you're filing, you're ruffling through papers, and there's a folder. Yeah. And I don't know. My first thought was like, if someone told me to just do that and make it seem natural, I don't think I could just rifle through papers without being like, am I doing it? I don't know. Am I doing it? Dude, not only that, it's that's also like the first day of shooting, which is like everybody everybody feels like they have the actors feel like they have huge gloves, you know, like four fingered Mickey Mouse. You feel so artificial. And so fake, and you are trying to rifle through papers. You're the most dramatic. And then you got it, it, it. You don't really, you don't let your guard down until the third day because that's when you start ragging on each other and goofing around a little bit and yeah. just trying to. Just trying to behave. But it's none of that. Like acting classes always train you for like the Oscar scene. They never train you for the press. They never train you for the beat. The, you know the second unit stuff. They never train you for just standing in the background no, and no, trying to look they natural. Don't, they don't. They don't train you on how to get up from a table in a shot because this is how everybody would normally just get up from a table. Right? <laughs> and as soon as you do that, the the the, the, the camera. Tom, Tom, Tom. Can you can you just can you do a Groucho on that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Can I do a what? Can just uh, do a Groucho on your rise? I don't. I don't. This was like doing the Love Boat in nineteen, you know, seven. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what doing a Groucho. And what it is is you just take an artificial. Come in. This is how you would normally sit down. You just go like this, and they say, Tom, when you sit down, can you Groucho in? Yeah. And what you have to do, you got to. <laughs> that's that's a Groucho. So your head is always in frame, and it doesn't disappear. And you're not. You're yeah. really only moving and like the lower corner exactly. of your body. Yeah. It's like you're. It's like you're. Uh, you're like. Uh, uh, what is it? You're like a uh, you know ballet dancer. Yeah, you know, like you got a big headdress on that you're trying to balance. Yeah, I, I had to do a thing once where I had to get into a van with like the camera was in the van, so they were just like get in it lighter, and I was like okay, so I got to, like get in it faster, and then yeah. I got in and it shook the van, and there it was like five takes of me just trying to like tiptoe into a van, like I put one leg in and just slide you know slid into the chair. What you have discovered is it's not all autographs and sunglasses. <laughs> what? I got so- one down. Sometimes it's just really hard work. Yeah. No, don't rock the van. When it's you get sitting it. up and sitting down. Shit, I can't hey, can you uh, can you banana around that and make sure you do a groucho? <laughs> I'm sorry, what's the vocabulary? Hang, this one? Please give you know, me a Then hang a baby and you're out of your life. <laughs> can you zeppo and get out of here? I don't think. Uh, I think when I was younger, I always thought, man, it'd be really great to be an actor. And then as I got older, I'm like, you know, I like hosting stuff. Acting to me, it, you you spend so little time actually doing the part. Where you're acting, like where you're really getting to, ah, this is what I do as an actor. And most of the time, sitting in your trailer, having to say stuff a million times the same way or different ways, and then doing all the little behind stuff. Like, it doesn't really seem like you actually get to do your thing that yeah, often. It's, it's an acquired skill. you you got to learn the racket, yeah. And there, there's, you know, that's why so many actors are nuts, man. Because they, uh, you know, they sit around all day long <clears throat> waiting to... Uh, Waiting to do their bit, and then okay, the sun's going down. You got to get you on the horse. The horse is a little steady. Don't worry about it. But we got to get the shot because otherwise we're not going to get it. And remember, and you have just witnessed your family being burned to death. And please, please weep openly. Weep. You're crying. You're crying. You're crying. Wait, are we shooting now? Cut. Turn, 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 turn. We can't see your eyes. We lost the light. We lost Great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> well, we've been out here all day long, yeah. and you've been in your trailer making phone calls and having sandwiches brought to you, and you're not ready to cry. We've lost the shot. We're not going to get the light. Oh, man. That's why, sooner or later, we all go stark raven nuts, man. Do you think that... Well, how do you stay nor- How do you stay sane? What? How do you not go crazy? Well, it's... You just figure it out after a while. That the uh, the you 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 do you temper your day. There's stuff that you do not do because sometimes you don't leave the set because it just takes forever then to come back and all the attention is all the concentration is lost. You you, it, you it's a marathon, man. You just learn how to pace yourself in every way. I have dodged phone calls. I've done conversations. Uh, the family was going to come. I said, do not come today. Just don't come today. Because <laughs> I can't, I won't be able to pay attention to you. Yeah. And I don't, you know, it's, you, you, you just have to get into this kind of like odd zone and, uh, uh, and, and stay there. And it's, it's, you got to figure out how to do it. You know, I, I, I um, okay, I'll drop some names here. Ready for this? Sure. Eva Marie Saint. What? Swear to God, she played my mom in a movie, the one I did with Jackie Gleason. He was my dad. She was my mom, and uh, she was, she is a just a fantastic, sweet lady. And I'm not, I wasn't gonna like ask her, foam all over her, asking her questions about North by Northwest or or on the waterfront. But she brought it up. Perfect. 
which was like, that ka-ching. Floodgates open. <laughs> hey, I just won I just won the anecdote lottery. <laughs> and you're like, what was it like when your agent told you you yeah, were getting that yeah. movie? <laughs> and when your agent said you were going to do all the waterfront, Eva, what'd you think? Um, and she said that she loved, she loved, she said, oh, the first time I did it, and it was like just so exciting, it was so fun, and I was always talking to the crew, and I was stopping to say hello to everybody, and all the guys on the trucks were so much fun, and they were, they, they, they were so polite and I guess and then then you know then Elia Kazan pulled me off to the side uh-huh. and said you can't spend your energy on these guys you have to be ready for the moments that you shoot so Eva Marie Schenk chastised by Elia Kazan on the set of On the Waterfront and she's telling me that while we're making nothing in common that was a good day that was a damn good day and I told people you know I went home you know Eva said to me the funniest thing Eva Marie Saint she, she said, said the funniest said. thing to me a couple of days ago at work she said, "You know." Uh, so I I'm had sorry, Tom. What I was had, that first part? I, didn't I had great time. dinner conversations after that. <laughs> I mean, it must be hard, especially if you're because it seems like you're still a fan of things. Oh God, yeah. Some people, yeah. some people. I think when people really start to get crusty and crazy and bitter, is just they stop. They're not fans of things anymore. They don't have. They don't get excited about things. You do have this period when you've uh, 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 you, when you start making movies. You go to, like, the greatest films of all time and say, Ah, yes. Oh, dolly shot. Oh, a diopter lens. Interesting. And, it, you know, you, you, you're you a big shot because you know how movies are made. Then you forget that. You write back to, oh, man, how'd they do that? I mean, how did... Like, I saw... I was watching this, uh, this scene. It was on cable TV. It was The Edge, I believe it was called. Was that... Uh, uh, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, and Anthony and, Hopkins, and and, and, and Anthony yeah. Hopkins out somewhere. What one man can do, it. another one can do. And I was watching this scene, and I know how movies are made now. And I'm thinking, like, okay, it's cold, it's late, they're out in the middle of nowhere. And Alec Baldwin had to have this very emotional scene where he's crying and fighting and screaming. I thought. Whew, man, that's a lot of work, man. That that is tough because that's what it was. All right, we're losing the light. Remember, Alec, you're upset. You know, <laughs> Anthony, you said the lines very calmly. Great, have you rehearsed it? You know, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know what it was like <laughs> because we have to shoot this because the bear should be hibernating right now, and we have another week that we have to shoot with the pseudo pathetic. And man, you got Alec Baldwin had to turn this thing on in the middle of nowhere in a David Mamet script. Not easy to do. Did you ever ask him about it? No, I didn't. But I'm going to because I just saw it just recently. I'll, next time I see him, I said, <laughs> "How'd you do that?" <laughs> Another one movie I just saw recently. I rewatched uh, Das Boot, the director's cut, yep. and that is like just a movie that's loaded with. How did they do that yeah. uh, throughout the whole thing? That's a good place to be is that you still can be at a certain point in your career and still go, wow, what is that? Can I do that? Yeah, How yeah. did they try that where you can't see the tricks? Yeah, you can't I, see I, the mirrors. And I was, I, I don't know if I could, I, I don't know if I could muster that thing up there. Like, yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. I saw that you were doing an AMA today, too. I did it already. You did it? How was uh, it? It was so much better than doing an interview. <laughs> well, nice talking with I, you. No, 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 no. This is not an interview. Oh, this is a chat. That interview is when you guys have a list of questions and we only have 15 minutes. Uh, I screwed them up because they were going to just have me talk and somebody else was going to type. And I said, I'm going to type it. So they had to like do some rejigging and then the page wouldn't reload and... 
we had to get a Mac because they had a PC, and mm-hmm. uh, I was screwed. I, I, I don't like PCs. Yeah. And uh, uh, and uh, but then once we got going, it was we did it an extra fifteen minutes because nice. uh, it was fun. That's great. And you get to ignore a bunch of questions. <laughs> Skip down to the stuff that interests you. Hey, this one's fun. I like that. So if I, if I just go blank... I'm ignoring your question, <laughs> and you need to skip down to one or the other one. Where you just stare. Do you ever use the? Is it, do you ever? Are you able ever to kind of use the fact that you know sometimes people I imagine are nervous or they're afraid or they're? Do you ever? Do you ever use that to sort of get no, around? No, I try to calm, say, calm down. It's going to be okay. Just relax. <laughs> all, all we're doing is talking about movies. Anybody can do that. There's sometimes though you get somebody who is like their third interview. And you know that kind of thing where just one part of your face <laughs> starts twitching, yes. you know? You're kind of smiling, but the, the, the you know, like yes. one cheek gets this kind of like vibrating It's about thing. the ball collapse. It's, it's, it's happened on, on cameras. And, and I was just, it's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, sweetie. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, it's nice because, uh, you know, not everyone. It's funny that some people are just actors and they don't know how to have be personalities or have like that sort of like they're just comfortable being characters yeah 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 well this is you know it, it's an acquired I, I can't t- say enough how much an acquired skill this is to go off and 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 be genuine because uh, they like poor um, uh, uh, Berkad Abdi the guy who plays mm-hmm. the other the the, the main uh, ter- terrorist Musi he's been to media school they put him through media training oh. I mean the studio did to teach him how to, you know, respond to interviews and what to say. This is like being prepped by, you know, debate planners or something <laughs> like that, you know. If they, if they bring up the snap question, you know, make sure you... Uh, so not... You, you, you think that there is some way to, to perform through this, which there is, but it's exhausting and it's horrible. It's just, just better to try to, you know, come up with... Tell the truth as... Come as close to the truth as possible to telling it without giving up too much. That's, which is hard, man. It's it's a beast. Whenever I'm watching Junkets, though, I always I always try to figure out like mm, this was in the last half of the day. Oh, like, you man. Know, oh, yeah. I can see it. See I can the, absolutely. I'd watch it just out of that fascination, man. Let's, <laughs> let's let's just watch. Let's just watch this, man. Look at this brutal brutal thing that's going on here, and then you can catch him on a. Let me tell you this one story. Did I tell this on on the first time? I don't, I don't know. know what it is. All right, it was about we were doing we were doing uh, the press for Saving Private Ryan. I don't think so. All right, um, a a movie that did not need us to do press about it. It was <laughs> you know like it was like it was instantaneous right off the bat. And the last thing we needed to do was go off and explain well, what was that? What was the so, saving Private Ryan. <laughs> we didn't, that's the last thing we needed to face. So, um, but, and yet, there we did, we had like four brutal days out in Pasadena, and we were all there, and it was a standard thing. It was a million TV interviews, a million round, uh, round tables. And uh, I was probably on my 36th straight six-minute interview, and somebody came in who I knew. I had met her. I knew her from outside of show business. And uh, she, uh, I said, "What are you doing?" He says, "Oh, I, I took this job a while ago. I, I really like it." Oh, so it's a, what, 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 what is it? Oh, this is a, what was this interview for? What's the outlet? And she said, "Oh, this is uh, this is for Planet Hollywood." I said, "Oh, I didn't know Planet Hollywood had a show. Uh, is it like a show? Is it on where you do entertainment stuff?" No, 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 no. This is just an interview for 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 Planet Hollywood. I said, 
the restaurant? He says, yeah. Well, how is this an interview for a restaurant, Planet Holly? Well, it, it plays. <laughs> Where? In the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You mean while people are ordering cheeseburgers and buying, this is playing on some monitors somewhere? She says, yeah, it is. And I, <laughs> I was very polite to her, but I kind of went quasi-berserk about, look, guys, we're trying to talk about a movie about World War II, the D-Day line. I don't think it really helps us to be playing on a monitor in in Planet Hollywood. Right. I mean, yeah. what's going to be next? Are we just going to be that kind of like thing? And what's this for? Well, this is for TGI Friday. <laughs> You'll be up on wall. You know, you can't I'll even have tell some of the uh, tequila poppers. Oh my God, he's dead! He's and dead! That, I don't look. I don't mind. I, I will talk to outlets. I will talk to TV shows. I will talk to people who have you know, like a report on the news. But I just don't see giving <laughs> six minutes of my time so I can play. Where someone cannot hear me <laughs> in a busy fast food touristy restaurant. This is for a monitor inside an elevator for a really nice that, parking that's structure. That's right. Well, it'd be like it would be like doing interviews for the cabs in yeah, New York yeah, City. Exactly. Yeah. Here's Tom Hanks talking about the horror-filled experience. <laughs> Real-life victim of pirate hijacking, Richard Phillips. And they just basically take the part where you go, it was a really trying time, and yeah. then they cut away. That was Tom Hanks Tom talking Hanks about Tom Hanks about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, make sure you check for your valuables before you exit the camp. This is Tom Hanks saying, make sure your cell phone's in your pocket. That's brutal. Don't be pirated. When you board this vessel, yeah. make sure you get your cell phone. Please, enough. But uh, the, we saw the movie this morning. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. God. What time? Like 8.30 in the morning? It was like 9.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. It was 9.35. Happy, happy was little morning <laughs> experience. There was a lot of construction on Venice, Jonah. Sure was. Dude, they, they're building an overpass. What, uh, what screening was it? Uh, what uh, screening room? Where'd you see it? Oh, uh, uh, Sony. Oh, at Sony? Yeah. The big room? They gave us a private screening. Oh. Yeah. But we sat in the front row to make it seem like screening it was a big screening room. Like the Grant Theater? No, it was some other, some it was it's in the Thalberg, the Thalberg building. Oh, okay. oh down yeah. there. Okay, down, yeah, yeah, down yeah, yeah. Great actually, sound. Those are actually pretty cool. It was yeah. nice. This yeah. Actually, that's where I saw the movie for the first time. It's fucking great. The movie's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The movie is so good. I had to pee starting at the, at the, the last hour of the movie... And I would, could not get up to go. You would have missed a lot of getting you, slapped you, around. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you get hit? When I was in the bathroom? Like 17 times? <laughs> you come back and there you see, all you see is Ken Phillips coming oh. off the plane. And going, no, no, man. How long was that tearing up? I have flowers. Oh, look, he's got glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, and thankfully, this is one of those movies where it's like, <clears throat> you can spoil the ending because everyone knows yeah, everybody. We have gotten a little obsessed with the spoiler culture. I think. Do you? Does it bother? Are you? Are you a crazy spoiler uh, guy? I've seen Hamlet eight million times, and I know how it ends. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't mind. I, the, I guess no one wants to spoil uh, uh, the Breaking Bad. Yeah. Thing, Did you see it yet? Uh, look, I I saw the first three episodes of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and then I put it off to the side, and I will see Breaking Bad. In the years to come, you will see it. And, I will you see know, it. You, 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 uh, Brian's a friend of mine, Brian yeah. Cranston. So, but I, I, I have not seen any of them, and I feel like a schmuck. And like, you know, geez, I missed the first four years of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'll start watching it now. You know, it'll, it'll come out. I'll see it from beginning to end. Yeah. Well, and, and right I would, after the, I finally get to the wire. <laughs> I oh my god, to get to the wire. I haven't watched the, the wire yet either. I've got the wire on. It's a huge DVD. thing that yeah, it's like it it's feels, an undertaking. It's too just, much responsibility. People who have seen it have arguments over when it really kicks in. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, hang in, because about the seventh episode, yeah. you get it. Seventh episode? I got in on the third episode. Oh, yeah. took me five episodes yeah. to get in. You idiot. Yeah. Season three. What? Why? It, it, takes, it takes the entire season to get into it. The entire series. You have to watch it. The entire series. The entire series. It really? feels like, with a, with, no, a, with a series like that, number one, so much weight on it. So I feel pressure as a viewer that I can't just enjoy it anymore because yeah. if I'm not getting it or connecting with it, I'm like, I'm dumb, I'm dumb. You're I don't not know, living up to your social responsibility. This is supposed to change, the, this is supposed yeah. to change my worldview, and it's not happening. Tough. So I have The Wire is one that I have, that I have put yeah. off for a while. Uh, Mad Men is the one that I, that was, that was, I was a religion with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. such I, a good I, show. That was literally, that was appointment TV. Had to be back at the house at 10 o'clock in order to see Mad Men. Can I, just, I don't know, did you want to make a Mad Men comment? Why not? It's also good. Yes. Um, I lost the... the uh, I sort of I started watching Storage Wars after you were on the podcast and sort of fell off when they went to New York. I don't know why. It wasn't as exciting to me in New York as when they were like out in the middle of, you know... I, I did this play in Broadway and uh, three of them came to visit backstage. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's the wow factor. He came... And uh, Brandy and uh, the, her husband came. Uh, they all came together on the same night. I said, oh, my God, the cast, cast of Storage Wars. <laughs> I was off to say, now, I, there, there was words that there was a, there was a, 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 a perhaps it's a rumor that some items were planted in the, in the storage lockers. Whoa. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not saying nothing. Let's say no. Yeah, but, uh, I, storage places are sad. I had to go. I, my parents have a storage place down uh, near San Diego, and I, me and my brother went to go pick up some stuff from it. And the only other people there were just like lonely dudes that seemed like just divorcees, like going. That's where their stuff was. It was just guys by themselves. Getting did they stuff have their and, kids with them for the weekend? Uh, <laughs> one guy did. I got my kids for the weekend. <laughs> one guy did. This is what we do. Yeah, uh, yeah. We go down and buy storage lock. Hey, let's go check out some of your, more of your old toys when we were happy. I <laughs> did ask him. I said, hey, I saw one in which I was amazed because uh, the, the Dave Hester guy bought a storage locker and it was filled with nothing but books. And he made like 15000 bucks off it. And they said, yeah, a, a books, are, books are a good commodity. It's good when you have a lot of books. Hmm. Who would have thought? I wouldn't yeah. have thought that I either. I never would have thought old books. I guess because they immediately like sell them off to the bookstores who take them and sell them. There's no more bookstores. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a handful. I think there's one used bookstore in every per every there's six Powell's million people. There's in Portland, yeah. and then Powell's. and then maybe yeah. there was one down. There's one the, the last bookstore that's in downtown L.A. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's that. uh, right yeah. near Pete's. Yeah. Uh, are you, are there any shows right now that you're into? No, no, I'm uh, now. I, I, I'm, I'm working now. You know, it's like I mean, I'm doing this, which I, I, time is not my own. So, do you have some time off soon? Do you get to no, no? I'm doing this until the 21st of October, um, and then uh, uh, no, I'm, I then I got a. There's actually another movie coming on. You know, not long after this, which I got to do. So I'm, I'm pretty much working the time. Are you good with time off, or do you start to? No, get no, like- no. I'm no. I'm very good with time off. But, you know, the truth is, you got to do all the other stuff. You know, I go to the dentist on my time. I got to do all the other stuff to, oh, right. you know, maintain the temple yeah. during the time <laughs> off, you know? You look amazing, by the way. Oh, you know what? I Yeah, well, 
hey, type 2 diabetes will do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the interview took a horrible turn. <laughs> <laughs> type 1 diabetes is very bad. Type 2 diabetes is controllable. So. It's controllable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You just got to lose weight and exercise a lot and change everything you eat and never, ever, 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 ever have any fun whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, and there's that part of it. There was that, that part of it. On your, uh, your Twitter bio, it has a thing like, sometimes I'm uh, skinnier, sometimes I'm bigger, but <laughs> yeah. hey, you got to live. Yeah. 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 Well, now it turns out I do want to live. I got to. I got to stay skinnier ah. than the other side of things. You got to take care. Yeah, yeah. Do you sign? Do you sign all of your uh, tweets H A N X yourself? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I, I generate them all myself. No one does it for me. It's tough because people, hey, would you tweet this thing for me? I say, I'm sorry, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my 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 rare telegrams into the Ethernet are. Few and far between, but they are they are only composed by me and me alone. Listen to the old days; they would have been like, "Hey, can you take this script for me?" Now they're like, "Can you tweet this for me? Can you tweet this for me?" I, I, you know, every I don't look, I check it often, but every now and I see there are responses to tweets that I do not understand. It's just, it's just like I, there's some that all it is is like four exclamation marks and nine different hashtag things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, this is a response to something. Some emoticons. What does this mean? I don't. You know. I think you're. Oh, watching... am I glad I checked this? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're watching the digital representation of a person's brain operating, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just yeah. like it sounds like the old when you used to connect to uh, like oh the connect uh, a modem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's someone processing yeah, the information. That's, that's what it is. Um, oh, also, last time I, I totally I wanted to mention this the last time that we talked to you, but um, I adore your son Colin. Oh, he's a great. Yeah, I'm good dude. He, he thinks the world of you. I he is uh, um, talented and smart and funny and just such a sweetheart. He's got the, he's like this Renaissance man. He's got all these things that I find out about like after the fact. You know, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing this. Oh my God, jeez, he's yeah. he's very he's very smart about uh, the you know. Um, he doesn't wait for the phone to ring, you know, to say, hey, we'd like you to do this. He's got a lot of stuff that's going on. He's really, right now, he's, he's doing this great thing. He's making a documentary oh, about Tower, Tower Records. Records. Yeah, 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 I've been waiting for that. Which is, yeah, they, they've got so much footage, so much yeah. interviews, and they're, and they're still garnering more. Yeah, it sounds great. It's, he uh, talked, about, he talked about it like a long time ago when he was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah still like, going like on. Maybe three years ago, he yeah. said, oh, I was thinking about doing this thing, yeah. and then he did the Kickstarter. Yeah, and and he was, I think he was just about to go to Sacramento to talk to the guys from yeah, that Yeah, Russ Solomon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, they, now he's, uh, they're going off and getting, like, there's famous people who went to Tower Records to sign records, and, and there's also famous people that worked at Tower Records before they came big. Pretty cool. And I just, yeah. I just read a... Uh, he did an interview with this guy, Steve Knopper, who wrote for Rolling Stone magazine, who wrote this amazing book that goes up to 2010, which is about how big music lost the war yeah. and and were responsible for their own demise and what's happened to the music business since. And the, the, the big takeaway is, is that, you know, Napster at the day when it was this hideous, terrible, ugly, horrible, pirated thing could have been bought by all the music labels. Yeah, the labels yeah. sold it the fuck off. They could have owned it. And now Napster essentially operates the same exact way as Pandora and Spotify. It's yeah. literally the same thing, except you pay for it, and they could have done that 100 million years yeah. ago. It really has everything. Everything's changed just in the sense that, <clears throat> just even the way you talk about Colin, like, oh, he's a guy that's got to go out and he makes his own thing. It's like, that's, you just have to do that now. Dude, it's all the Red Zone channel. 
It's all <laughs> life is the red zone channel. Everything is on shuffle mode. Everything is an aggregate. You know, yeah. it, like like this. The uh, I almost got epi- epilepsy from watching the, the the red zone channel yesterday <laughs> because I kept jumping back and forth. Double screen now. Here we are. But now we're back to the other. Oh, wait a minute. In Florida, Jacksonville, the you know the the the, the Colts are on the thirty two yard line. That's like, and I realize that. This is what all of life is like. Every dinner, every dinner conversation is interrupted by fourteen checks to your smartphone. Yeah, I only listen to music on shuffle mode now. Do you uh, listen to albums anymore? Just huh? complete albums? No, no, I do that on occasion, yeah, yeah. but that's usually like when I'm putting around doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. If I if I'm actually like listen like if I'm like getting out of the shower or just having the music play all day, it's on shuffle mode. It's yeah. when I'm in my office. Doing a concentrated thing, then I will do the you know album. Keep flipping the vinyl. Yeah, yeah, because he had a bunch of records. But on that's almost album. like putting on a fire. Yeah, you know, it's like hey, let's let's put on a let's, let's yeah. light a fire in the fire. I've yeah, I've been a uh, like, now let's put on some albums. Yeah, I've been like obs- like obsessively buying like vinyl the past year. It's just it's nice because it's like it's nice shopping for it because it's kind of meditative, just flipping through something that yes, big. Yes, no, no. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's just that yes, you know, yes, it's like going yeah. through tweets. You're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. and then uh, it's nice to when you're listening to music that you just it gives you if you're doing something while listening to music it gives you a stopping point to get up. Stoke the fire, flip the record. You know, it's just it's like that's a perfect evening. You stoke a fire, then you sit down, have a couple of sips of the wine, then up, oh, go change the record, flip the record, come back, a few more sips of wine, a little chat with the wife, a little smooch up. Oh, I got to go stoke that fire. <laughs> Don Draper style. So, yeah, exactly, baby. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 really. I wonder. <clears throat> I wonder what people now actually appreciate. Because you don't Good have question. to, everything's con- so convenient that you can just have any kind of whim satisfied in a moment, entertainment-wise. So what do uh, people appreciate anymore? Uh, you know, I, you've got to pick and choose. Yeah. My One of my kids um, was, was one of the 800 million people that bought uh, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. No, five? Is five, that what five, it is? Yeah, number five. Yeah. And every time I poked my head in, I thought, <laughs> we're going straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is it? You're, we're going straight to hell. But he played it. He, he, he finally came out and said, so, uh, you know, how, how many people you shoot randomly on the street today? I, said, ah, I, I solved it. I, I achieved all the things. So he got three and a half days of, uh, of, of activity out of it. And now it's done. I mean, it really is everything. You know, it's funny when you go back and you watch, like, when you watch, like, Robocop, like, with their sort of idea of, like, what, you know, what Detroit was. I mean, that's really what a lot of, like, what we're expressing now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's all, it's all, like, all the, all the fake commercials are like, you get to blow up, like, nukes with yeah, your family. Yeah, yeah, like, we yeah. really do. Like, now that really has become what we do. That's, that's, there's your entertainment right there. I, mm. The idea of whatever it is that you savor. Uh, is a it's a good question. I mean, dinner conversation is like you you all that, don't you do that stuff like we have the phone bucket where everybody has to put yeah. The the, phone? I was, I, my friends have done it once. It was the phone stack. Yeah, puts in the middle so you can even tell when one goes off, but like you can't touch it. Can't touch. It. You have to cover the whole bill. Yeah. I, I want to I want to raise the stakes on that and say that everyone every time in that situation someone reflexively checks their pocket for their phone to check it. Yeah. Then they have to like uh, it even up. better. Yeah. You, know? uh, you check your pocket. No. Yeah. no. Over there, my ball's itched. My It was a phantom shake. No, but I think, and I'm, I'm totally, totally guilty of it too. Like I feel, I try to feel like I'm evolved, but at the same time, I'm always like this. Yeah. Yeah. Do technology fills up? Uh, you know what is it? It abhors a, va- it abhors a vacuum, something like that. It just, it fills it up. 
Oh, well, here's one thing. I, do, I have never been able to understand. I've never done, I've never, like, gone out, like, for a run or a walk or rode the subway listening to only music off my own. I've People who, own, you know, like, have earbuds in all yeah. the time. All I yeah. can think of is that you're missing so much. Even yeah. Even it's the, first of all, you might get run over. <laughs> you know, that's a bad. but I, I have never done that thing where I'm riding in a car turn it up loud sing along do all that stuff but just walking in, in the real world never just yeah I do out. that I do you that do? yeah I do because it, it just sort of zones me out from everything else it just zones me out well, that's just like it's like a drug at that point you I know? guess so you're just kind of detaching yourself from well because I'm, I, I but then I, you're, you're missing out on an infinite amount of, of stimuli as yeah, opposed to yeah. a very specific amount of stimuli I do oh, one ear in. if I'm like going on a bike ride or a run I put one ear in just to kind of keep my mind. Doesn't it throw your balance off? Yeah, so greatly. <laughs> but it's already pretty much gone. Oh, it's yes, you got it. Maybe, maybe you've become accustomed to it. Yeah, that's true. If you didn't yeah. have them on, you'd fall right that's over. That's exactly. So you got to have that one, yeah, one, one on. I spend so much time in my own head trying to figure out everything that I'm working on and manage it all that it's the only way that I can kind of like rein it all in. But can you can you experience those random thoughts that you would not would not come to you any other way? If I'm li- if I have music playing, I am listening very specifically to the music. To me it becomes it like white phones. noise. Yeah. It ah, becomes see. like white noise and it actually distracts I, I knew uh, an artist once who said he would draw while he was on the phone because it distracted one part of his brain to free up the other okay, side so right. I don't know for me it just sort of turns into this hum in the background and then that's where I kind of get into my own head okay most of the time all right I'm not sure it's the best way to go uh, it's listen it's what we have become to like uh, I am of the generation that had the TV on all the time you know it was never not on. Even if we weren't paying attention to it, it was yeah. still on because it's there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have the TV. Turn it on as we do everything else that goes on in the house. Can I? I want to ask you a semi-serious question about uh, about being responsible and a mature adult. How do you? Which began three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got three months on me. Um, when you're, especially as busy as you are, and as much as as much as you work, and in, as into your work as you get. How do you manage the family stuff as well? Like, how do you come home and leave it, work at work, and and still devote the energy that your family needs, and not be like, "Leave me alone! I'm still in my..." Oh, head. Well, look, this is our lives. It's not. It's not a unique thing. Uh, this has always been my job. This has always been the life and the lifestyle. Uh, and there's always been a series of trade-offs. So sometimes you work really hard, and other times you don't do anything. You're just around forever and ever and ever. It doesn't require any specific, you know, concentrated task to it. Um, I have learned, quite frankly, that you know, just because I'm making a movie doesn't mean uh, everybody else's life comes to a halt. So sometimes you got to like specifically leave it in the car or leave it, uh, you know, in the set and 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 get to school in time to see the kids play, but. Um, I don't know any other way to live, so it's all—it's a natural order of, of of doing things, you know. And then, so you try to be genuine when you come home. Now, uh, that it's an acquired skill. I, I think there are some times when I work too much and thought myself way too like important, but uh, um, <clears throat> and thought everything revolved around me. And as soon as you have a wife and enough kids that remind you what a stupid cluck you are, you realize <laughs> that uh, life doesn't revolve you around you quite so much. And you learn how to drop it and, and, and pick it up. I, I think it'd be much harder to be somebody 
who works at the same place every day and comes home at the same time every day and has that routine that is never bending, I think that would and that would break the entire family. No one would know what to no one would know what to do there. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I agree with you in terms of not having the routine, but there are times I'm like, I wonder what it would be like if just everything every day I knew was gonna be this and this and this and I didn't have to expend any thought about it. I remember doing it once uh, for two weeks uh, when I had to substitute for the the bellmen who were on vacation at the Oakland Hilton, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> that's the only that's the only time I've had a two. That was the only time I had a true routine job where you showed up at nine o'clock and you worked until five, and it was it was backbreaking. Yeah, back. I hated it. Hated it. And I was you know what was I nineteen years old, and so with. You know, with acting and performance, do you are there still things where you go, oh, I still haven't done this thing yet. I still want to do this thing. Like, no, there's no because everything you know comes al- the stuff comes along. Uh, it, it, the only recently, you know, I did the, I did a play on Broadway, and that was one of the first times uh, in a long time where I had to make a specific decision that says I have not done this before and I'm going to take it on acting acting in in movies they you know I've been lucky enough so that enough stuff comes in you just kind of like well I think I know how to do this I don't know how to do that so it's a very organic choice going off and doing a play on Broadway is a huge amount of time but it's also it was going to be a physical and 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 mental discipline that I would have to learn and did not know I would have to figure it out, and I had a lot of worries and a lot of, a lot of um, uh, concerns about whether I'd be able to do it at all, like literally keep, keep the text in my head. Uh, and that, that is, that's not a specific job. I mean, that's not a role. It's not an idea, but it's an art form, you know, that you mm-hmm. say, I'm going to try to go off and see if I can remember how to do this. And you have to unlearn the Groucho sit. You do. You got to, you've got to unlearn so much stuff and you've got to you've got to learn this whole brand of common sense that in some ways is just hand in hand with being a performer or being loud or being funny or whatever it is that is the the natural thing that got you there in the first place, but the other stuff is like a very specific technique, you know. Do you like taking the risks? Do you I mean like in other words when people come to see you in a play they're like Tom Hanks is in this play, and I, I you know, like there are expectations that they come yeah, in with. And- well, that goes along with everything, you know. All honesty, everything is going to have some degree of expectations. It's, it's more about how you yourself feel about the job that you did. Um, it's, just, it's like uh, I, I, I didn't have to have anybody, anybody tell me that. I needed to have a different brand of rest, you know. Mm-hmm. I needed to get to sleep. I needed to curtail my night. I needed to go home and say nothing. I needed to do a bunch of stuff just in order to protect the uh, of the the engine that was going to have a matinee tomorrow at two, and then another evening performance at eight. And that is only performance number thirty-seven and thirty-eight out of one hundred and fifty-two, or however many we did. So that required a real specific dedication and decision and choice the other stuff you know happens sort of by osmosis you you start pondering the role and a few months later you start talking about it for real then a few months later you start getting measured for costumes and you know then then it it rolls itself out over the course of the uh, making the film well they were giving they gave us the wrap-up sign a second ago believe that i mean it just flies by 
It just freaking flies by. It zooms by. <laughs> the last time uh, my my nerd cred was called into question because I forgot to ask you about mazes and monsters. You don't have to oh, answer anything man. about it. Rona Jaffe's mazes. Yes, Rona Jaffe's. <laughs> but Dungeons and Dragons is evil, and only insane people play it. That's right. Uh, a boy who had trouble, a troubled, troubled family, a troubled, wealthy family, troubled, wealthy family, um, uh, in which he disappears because he got too much into the role playing game. Yeah, I can't even remember the name of my character. Robbie. Well, Robbie was the guy, but what was the character that he played? Oh, it was. Uh, I think it started I can't with remember. a T. I think it's. I know. I Thalia or something. Maybe no. Maybe, maybe Wendy Crewson was Thalia. I can't remember. Chris Mace, make peace. Wendy Crewson, me, uh, shot it in Toronto. Yeah, mazes and monsters. We had a. Uh, uh, there was a guy who uh, manifest himself, you know, the, as a dragon in my mind. I can't remember his name, but this when we were shooting in some back alley in Toronto, this guy in a dragon outfit was one of the was one of the funniest dudes <laughs> I ever came across. We had to do this little thing, and then we uh, we ran into New York City to uh, uh, to shoot it, and we were told by the producers when we came back from Toronto into New York, do not write on your on your entrance card that you were coming in for, for professional reasons. Oh, oh evidently we were like non... Um, uh, and I got, uh, coming in, uh, I got robbed in two ways. One was they unzipped my bag at uh, in baggage control and stole, stole a bunch of stuff out of it. And then I had a credit card in my wallet that I rolled up in my pants and put it by where my costumes were. And somebody broke in and only stole the credit card. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Put everything back in there. I said, welcome to the big town, everybody. <laughs> and then we went up to the top of the World Trade Center and shot a couple of things. Shit. Yeah, oh my that God. was wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's Rona Jaffe. Rona Jaffe. Mazes and monsters. Yeah, she. I heard that she basically wrote that up in a couple of days because this whole D and D controversy popped up, and she wanted to be the first one to jump on it, and so she jumped on the. Well, all these people who play this game are psychotically. Now, yeah, she had a big hit book. What was it? There was a, she. She was a best-selling author for something else. You know, a, a turgid kind of like. Romancy kind of. I don't know. Thing. That's the only one I would have known because I was in the exact right. There's a lot of Rona Jaffe's books, you know. And then yeah. the title comes along after. She's a nice lady. Rona Jaffe was. Yeah. Always wore <laughs> black leather jackets with really big with the uh, shoulders. Shoulder really, really big. You know, everyone did. Really the 80s. big shoulder pads. Let's be honest. Yeah. Everyone did that. It was a shoulder pad era. It was a shoulder pad. <laughs> it, was. it was the unironic shoulder pad. That's right. Era. Exactly. The no pop. one knew that it was not right to do the that. The on-purpose shoulder pad. <laughs> we had to do it. So that we could look back and go, we should never do that. Nice shoulder yeah, yeah. pads. It, it's the equal to those late 1940 boxy suits. Yeah, yeah it's like exactly. the suits. Yeah. Victor yeah. Mature and, uh, and Ricky Ricardo wore. Well, again, Captain Phillips was, I mean, seriously, even though you kind of, you know the story and you know that obviously he lives because he writes the book and then it's a bit... It, the, the movie is absolutely gripping, and the last hour is fantastic, yeah, particularly. Yeah. So, um, so good luck with the press. Hey, today. thanks, thanks, yeah. man, and thanks for hanging out with us again. Hey, good to see you. Always a pleasure to be a nerdist. Yes. Mm. Can you say that without wincing? <laughs> hey, I'm going to grouch you on my way out of here. Their face is twitching. Their face is twitching. <laughs> good talking to you guys. Nice talking yeah, to you guys. Thanks. Enjoy a burrito. Great, great. But don't touch them. Don't, Don't touch, touch them. them. Remember now. Remember now. Save your arms. Save your life. Good talking to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. 
Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 15% off your new account for six months, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code NERDIST10. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.